Where do we begin? Just McInerney from the Sydney Swans here. Just spoke to the boys before, loved it. Let's get into it. Thanks for that, Justin. My name is Harper and my co-host is Lockie. How are you, Lockie? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks, mate. You know, I'm super excited to sit down and have a chat with Justin. He's a great man. I'm super appreciative that he could jump on and talk a bit bit about his career. You know, he's an absolute legend and I'm just pumped for everybody to hear it. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's a Sydney Swans player. He's a real up-and-comer, great uh, youngster to keep your eyes on uh, in the next few years in the AFL. And if you're a Swans fan, I reckon you will love this episode. And having said that, should we just get straight into it, Lockie? Let's dive in. Now, if you've been watching any footy in the last few years, you'll know that the Swans team is chock full of young guns, and one of those young guns goes by the name of Justin McInerney, and he's on the show today. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thanks for having me, boys. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. You know, I think you've left my Facebook friend request pending for about six years now, but jumping onto the podcast, I think that makes up for it, so thanks for that, Justin. (laughs) Got too many of them. Sorry about Uh that. Jeez, talk, talk it up, talk it up, mate. So, you know, the first question, we'll start off with a real tough one, mate. What have you been up to the last couple of months? <laughs> not much, not much, to be honest. Ever since the season ended, um, when I got back down to Melbourne, just got stuck in a bit of COVID, to be honest with you boys. But obviously it wasn't as bad. They uh, all started changing when I got down, so maybe it was a magic formula. Yeah, jeez, were you tempted to just stay in Sydney or were you always going to come back down? Uh, I was always coming back down eventually, but um, came back down a bit earlier. So, uh, what sparked that? I oh, just see the boys. <laughs> see, see the boys, mate. You miss you miss your brother Chris too much. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah. but just for our uh, our listeners, so we're meant to recall this a bit earlier, but Justin had a little bit of a sleep in. It's because he did a massive running session yesterday, and as you know, sleep is the key to recovery. So it's good to see that he's do- taking his pre-season and off-season very, very seriously and making sure he gets the maximum sleep and maximum recovery times. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty much to it. <laughs> pretty much to <laughs> pretty it. Pretty much all there is to it. Yeah, he's been running marathons every second day, so big Johnny Longmore will uh, love to hear that. But uh, you're heading back up uh, midweek, you were telling us? Yeah, it's going back next uh, on this Wednesday, so a couple of days, and then get back in it on Monday, so should be good. Jeez, looking to that, Justin, mate. Looking forward to getting back into another big preseason. <laughs> yeah, it should be great fun. It's just all the young boys, I'm pretty sure, so always going to run a mark. Yeah, it's interesting because we spoke to him, St Kilda's Hunter Clark last week, and he said it was pretty much like when you include pre-season, it took like, it's like a 12-month season. Like with pre-season, by the time the season ended, it's pretty hectic and you're already getting back into it, aren't you? Yeah, but they gave us a, they gave us a fair break as well, so um, yeah, can't complain really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we might just head back uh, about 20 years or so, back to uh, your early life. Uh, growing up, of course, down here with us in Melbourne, uh, tell us a bit about your early footy supporting life and playing life, I guess. Um, played, played with Chris a couple of times, which is great. Who's, but, who's um, Chris for our listeners? We know he's a big name, but not everybody knows him. Chris is my brother, one of the greats. <laughs> so, um, no, yeah, I started off at, uh, at McLeod and then moved over to Bank, played a few games with Chris at McLeod, but I was, I was in this couple of years below, just filled in and then moved to Banyol and um, played through school, Marsland College, and that was about it. Ended up getting my chance. Yeah, mate, you had one of the, a great story. So correct me if I'm wrong, but say you were running around in the twos, kicking the dew off in year 11, playing in, you know, I think one of our friends, Ricky, calls it lunchtime footy, the, the reserves footy. And um, yeah, and you managed to get drafted a year later. Talk a little bit about that year 11 year for you. Well, yeah, I was. Um, I started in the twos. Uh, I, I didn't actually play the twos the whole year, but as as a lot of people may, may think, but um, I was I was in the twos for nearly the whole year except for the last game. And then, but I was also playing. We're well, not playing, but um, I was I was at Knights Development, so um, wasn't actually in the squad. And then got, got a call up from the Magoos to the ones, and in the last game we played at Assumption, then just stayed in from there, and ended up playing in the Granny. So it was played three game, three games, and two of them were finals. So it couldn't have timed it any better, to be honest, mate. Pretty massive. And if I'm correct in saying you went on to win that grand final and you won the premiership, the three Pete, we didn't. I think I was best on. I. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, yeah. no, actually, I actually hardly got on the ground. I didn't play, didn't play a minute in the first half, and then um, would, have, would have played maybe twenty minutes all up. So, did you have the green vest on the yeah, sub had, vest? Yeah, had the green vest, and eventually got my chance. <laughs> now, mate, we uh, we hear you're a big Carlton fan, actually, and we've actually got a question on Facebook. You can check us out at Where Do We Begin on Facebook. It is from uh, Campbell Hodgetts. Uh, he asks, "Who, as a junior, inspired you to want to be an AFL player?" Um, I love Juddy. Juddy was was my um, well, he he was probably the main one. But my favourite player was I liked uh, I liked Brad Fisher back in the day. So who's probably my favourite player? But Juddy was the one that I um, was the one that I watched. So yeah, mate. Well, I've got a uh, little. I was doing a bit of research uh, before we did this. We love our research like, on this podcast, don't we, Harps? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're big on the research. Yeah, uh, looked up Justin McInerney on YouTube. Uh, see, see if there's any interesting little interviews going about. And there was this thing from seven years ago, uh, and it's uh, one of the strangest bit of uh, footage I've ever seen. It's uh, got like a lead, you know, lead teams, that old Fox footy show and AFL 360 and Narrowly Meadows, and they're all saying there's a new big inclusion for the 2013 grand final. Uh, they never say your actual name, but there's a little graphic that comes up, Justin McInerney, so a 13-year-old kid. And Do you remember you, doing that? And jumper on. What's going on there? I've got no idea what you're talking about. Oh. Mate, you've got a Geelong scarf on and everything, mate. Well, <laughs> do you remember doing that? No idea. No idea. <laughs> Not one bell is ringing in my head. <laughs> no, right, uh, I'll send you the link. <laughs> that, that is extremely if, if you really don't remember doing that, there must be some other Justin McInerney going about uh, in footy circles that's the same age as you, mate, because that, that was uh, one of the weirdest weirdest bits of footage I've seen in a long time. I loved, it. I loved it, though, mate. I loved it, though. <laughs> you're going to so, have yes. to send it to me. i got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, but uh, moving on a bit. So, yeah, so massive Carlton fan growing up. I know your whole family is, and so Chris Judd, so were you um, – You'd go to the footy every week and just love it. Is that sort of what you got up to? Yeah, pretty much. Um, brother and sister just rolled rolled up most times in Melbourne and just went to the footy basically. That was about it every week. So, yeah, so obviously, so getting back onto, I guess, your story. So you played in that Marston Premiership and then from there you got drafted into the Northern Knights squad. What was that pre, I guess, pre-season like for you going from sort of playing more local footy and school footy into TAC Cup? Um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty tough, but, um, it wasn't too bad because I, we, we had a great bunch of boys at the night. So, um, we just, we, we basically just enjoyed it to be honest. A lot of other, um, like we just did whatever we wanted. And then, um, the weights, getting, getting in the weights was probably the toughest part. I couldn't even bench 40 kilos. So, um, that was probably the hardest part doing weights, but no, it was too, it wasn't too bad actually. Just enjoyed it with all the boys. It's interesting that you touched on that because I know like Harp, something that Harper wanted to ask was like, how do you go being obviously like a smaller frame compared to some of the big like the big bodies that you have to play to and like in the AFL competition and even I guess some of the TAC Cup. There's still some big boys going around there. Um, to be honest, it's probably just playing your strengths really. Um, just when you have to go, you got to go, but try and avoid the big boys as much as you can. <laughs> no, but um, no, nah, it's not. It's not too bad. Like, um, obviously, you don't want to be one on one with some of the big fellas, the big centre forwards in the competition in the goal square. But um, leave that to the other boys to do, and then, but you know, yeah, you just. Do what you can, basically. That's very much what I do, mate. Stick to the outside ball. I don't reckon I've had a contested ball for a few years, but then I haven't had many disposals, so I can't. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on struggle street with that. But, mate, we're doing our research, so you were an elite runner. You ran a sub 52-second 400 metres. Yeah. Um, fu- funny story about that. We, when I, we, I did the, uh, what's it called, the, the athletics for school, and then ended up running pretty well. So my pastoral leader was the athletics coordinator, and then ended up going to the going there to run. And I had a, I actually had an interview with with a club, so I couldn't do what I was there. I was meant to do the two hundred, so I couldn't do it. So I had to run the four hundred, and then I ended up just running the four hundred and <laughs> well, yeah, running pretty well, but I. Still couldn't, still couldn't win. So you didn't win. What did you come? <laughs> so I ran second, so I was pretty. 
up with that. But oh, bloody hell, yeah. Usain Bolt is racing down, racing down at the Aths, school Aths championships. Bloody hell, mate! Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't even meant to run, but yeah, got there. Yeah, mate. Like obviously, you were pretty like obviously quick, skinny guy uh, back in your high school days. And the three years I played junior footy, what like, geez, six years ago, something now. Um, it's kind of like when you're a skinny guy, I reckon you. The coaches look at you, or the uh, whoever's on your team looks at you. They're kind of judging you before you can even start playing. But do you reckon you received any of that kind of stuff? Oh, not 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 really. Once you, well, um, maybe a bit when I was younger. But once once you get there, like it's just whatever. Like whoever's playing well, or you get your opportunity. So maybe when I was younger, early, I think it may have when. Um, when I was young before before the Knights program, but because um, I got you, you get told you're a bit small. But um, after that, you just once you get there and start playing footy, it doesn't really matter what size you are, to be honest. Yeah, were you always a gun as a junior? Like, were you always one of the best players in your teams growing up, or were you really just a late developer? Uh, early early days, I was I was pretty good when I was when I was real young because I was we were all small, but then. Once we got middle ages, I wasn't too great, and then um, heated up a bit, as if you could say, when I was about sixteen, seventeen. So, yeah, it's been... there you go, mate. There you go. And um, so coming into so your year twelve, your draft year. So you obviously you try out with Vic Metro. You didn't quite make it. So you're mainly playing school footy and tap cup. How did that go, mate? Were you playing really good, consistent footy? Uh, yeah, school footy. School footy helped a lot, actually. Um, it was just yeah, and and nights, but basically just enjoying your footy. Like those boys were we just did whatever. We just played, rocked up, played on Fridays. Didn't didn't take it too seriously. Obviously, when it was game time, we we switched on. But the lead up, we were just pretty relaxed, and then just got it done really. So um, yeah, it was good to just play get get play the first few for nights, then get some time off at school, and then go again. So got some continuity through school footy, and it was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, just on that school footy thing, I know. I think uh, Bonton Pally, Marks Bonton Pally, and Chewy, and Josh Caddy, maybe uh, as well, all went to Marsland. But was there anyone? Did you know any of those guys uh, when you were there, or did you play with anyone that uh, is in the AFL at the moment? Uh, not really. I didn't know any of them. But um, I played with Tyler Brown. Oh, he, yeah. he he got drafted the year before, and then Trent Bianco. He was our team. But um, he was a year younger, so he got drafted last year. So, yeah. Do you keep in touch with those boys or no? Yeah, I still, still speak to him a bit. Still speak to Trent. So, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. good mate. That's good. Um, how how'd you get like? Uh, did you just get scouted at a, a particular game at Northern Knights, or were, there, were you always kind of in contact with a few teams that wanted to draft you? Uh, yeah, just got a, basically got approached towards the end of the year. Didn't didn't really have any interest throughout the year, and then. As he sort of ended, they all just started popping up. So that was, that was about it. All came out of nowhere. Yeah, perfect, mate. And I guess heading into the draft, like, did you speak to all the club, like many clubs? Like, were you confident that you were going to get picked up or were you still very much like nervous? Uh, I spoke to about eight, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't didn't have um, – there wasn't too much pressure on me. I I had my, had my schoolies booked on the Saturday and the draft was on the Friday. But Where were you heading? Uh, to Byron with all the boys. So. That would have been a massive trip, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we were pretty fun, but yeah, ended up getting drafted on the Friday, so couldn't go. So, but it's fine. Yeah. So you were like straight into training that weekend with all the Swans boys, were you? Or? Uh, yeah, we we went straight up on the Sunday, so yeah, um, left on the Sunday and trained. Well, we didn't we didn't start training, but the other boys just watched training for, for the first couple of weeks and then got into it. Yeah, it would have been hard saying goodbye to Kelby. <laughs> would have been hard to take a boy, little fella. <laughs> he's getting on now, though. He's getting on. He is, can't, mate, but he's, he's still much. going strong. Kelby's uh, the McInerney's family dog for anybody listening at home, wondering who that is. But I guess going into the draft, so did you talk to Sydney much? Like, were you confident that at pick 44 that that's where you were going to go, or did you still think? Because I think, remember speaking to Chris, like there was sort of a bit of talk around like pick 60, like North Melbourne Carlton was sort of where he thought that you might get picked up. Uh, yeah, Sydney were my first club. I, them and another club were the only teams that I spoke to twice. But 
Um, yeah, I, I thought I was going a lot later than 44, but, yeah, it's good to get there. Did, did that change anything, like, once you got drafted, did a higher draft pick change anything in your mentality compared to if you were to go at, like, a 60 or something? Uh, not really. I didn't really think about it too much. Once you get there, they just basically say that it doesn't matter what pick you are, just, you know, like, you don't have a tag, so it doesn't really matter whether you pick pick 44 or pick 50 in the rookie draft, so. Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. But what was it like rocking off to the uh, the Harbour City and you go to training at the Bloods and you see Josh Kennedy, you know, Lance Franklin, Luke Parker, a couple of absolute superstars. Like, what's it like it's training with them? Players. Yeah, it was all the big dogs. It was good. It was good. It was real good, actually. They're all they're all great, bo- great blokes. It's good to be up there with all the lads. So hopefully, we just get another get another flag. Yeah, were they like super kind of receptive to you straight away, or were you mostly hanging out with their younger guys at the start? Uh, well, I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of a loudmouth, so um, a bit confident in my own abilities, but. <laughs> Um, early, early on, I was, I was pretty quiet, um, until I really got out there. So I was just hanging around with the boys I got drafted with, but now it's just, now it's fine. Just hang around with whoever. We'll move on to like your first season, really. You're talking about your debut. Uh, what was that whole experience like? Just walking out, uh, in front of like an AFL crowd, like probably weren't expecting that 12 months earlier. No, not at all. Um, it wasn't my best game, obviously, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> but no, the lead up was good. Getting told that you're going to play. Mum and dad were both of them were overseas, so Chris Chris was my dad for the day. So him, <laughs> him and Beck rocked up, which is good fun. But yeah, mate, pretty, were you expecting to get a game so early on into the season? Like round four, it's pretty exceptional. You obviously impressed the right people in the preseason. No, nah, not at all. No, nah. well, um, well, I thought I was a bit too small and. For the big boys, but no, it's um, it was good to get an opportunity. It was probably good to get the game, even though I didn't um, do too much. Just gave me a little taste of it. So, mate, you through. would you would have been so. filthy because I don't remember that game that much. I watched because obviously Chris told me about it. But mate, I remember you got a free kick and Aaliyah really took the advantage, mate. You needed that second kick. That would, oh, you would have been filthy, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's still filthy to, to, to this day. Actually, just needed that's, another that's one. That's why I got tra- that's why I got traded yeah, because you took your kick. You. you <laughs> You walked into the GMA. I'm still feel the Aaliyah took my kid. <laughs> nah, he's one of the greats of the league. He's going to be missed. One of, uh, one yeah, of the best. It does, it does seem like an uh, absolutely, just an absolute legend. But obviously, spend the rest of the year, I guess, just working on your game um, in the NEFL. But how did you find that transition and move up to Sydney? Because I remember speaking with you at um, – your brother's 21st. I remember my girlfriend, Jamie, mate. She, she couldn't believe that you'd want to move out of home. She, she was shocked if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we got her thinking that I was just moving away. But, uh, kicked out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was kicked, kicked out of home. So. <laughs> but no, um, it, yeah, it was good. They, they have a good program up there. So, yeah, it was just um, they made it pretty easy moving with two other boys with James Bell and Jack Mabel, which was good fun. Belly's a Belly's a great character to live with, so yeah. Yeah. Now, like you're walking into that uh, the change rooms and just the Sydney you know, Bloods culture, uh, the old cliche. Is that like a real thing, Bloods culture, or is it just a bit of an urban myth? No, no it's definitely a real thing. Harp on about it a lot, a lot of the time. So, um, what is it? For, just explain what the Bloods culture is and what it's about, there, mate. Uh, it's just a bit of a um, like a trademark sort of thing that um, that's how you, that's how you go about it. That's how you go about your footy. That's how um, you go about your life sort of thing. So when you're up there, it's just committed to the cause for the ones that have, the history of the club. And yeah, yeah. Do you get like obviously you've had the Swans have had uh, a couple of premierships in the last fifteen years. Have you had like many of those premiership players come in, maybe speak to you about Bloods culture or any bits of advice for you? Yeah, you do definitely. Yeah, I had a lot of them come in, but um, we still got like Kirky's still there. Um, Todd Canelli was there. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the ones that were involved in it are still there. So um, yeah, it's good to learn off them and yeah, 
Yeah, just on that, uh, we've got another question from Facebook, actually. This one's from Clayton Robson. Uh, he wants to know the biggest mentor you've had at the Swans so far. I guess that could be a pl- current player or an ex-player that's giving you some tips. Um, last year, it was more just uh, learning my craft off like Harry Cunningham when he was playing on the wing for a lot of the year. Um, even Ollie Florent before last year he was more a wingman. Um, but then this this year it's more just been with with the midfielders with Joey and Parks and then also Jared McVeigh who's who was the midfield coach so not the main ones this year. Now we've got another fan question because I was I'm quite intrigued by this to be honest, Justin. It's from a James Hoffy. He wants to know: Do you mind being nicknamed Seinfeld? I didn't actually know that was a nickname of yours. Is that is that a thing? Got no idea what he's talking about either. <laughs> do you we'll know who James Hoffy is? is it <laughs> Jeez. No idea. That's a bit Don't. weird for you, James Hoffy, if you're listening, mate. Uh, but, yeah, um, we'll talk about uh, 2020 now. Obviously, like we've had uh, – I think our last two guests have been uh, current AFL players and they uh, have had mixed reviews about hub life. So tell us your experience of it. You had a bit bit less time in the hub than some of the Melbourne guys, but tell us about your experience. Well, yeah, as you said, we had a, um, a shortened period. But um, for, for me, it was great fun. Um, we had we had a young list. Um, well, we do have a young list, and to, we just embraced it basically. Um, we we were stuck in Brisbane for a, for a little bit of time, just in a hotel. That wasn't that wasn't as much fun. But then once we um got out to Perth and Joondalup Resort, and then out to Cairns, it was yeah, just enjoyed it basically. Yeah, what was Cairns like? Because you guys spent a couple of weeks up there. I've never personally been there. Was it just beautiful? Like, just yeah. so different, I guess, to the other places. It's a bit more. So, yeah, so massive yeah, Carlton Kansas, fan Kansas growing up. Um, I know your whole Kansas family is. And just, so, Chris Judd's. There, there was no restrictions up there. Every week um, and just love it. Is that sort of what you got up to? Social distance and that. But, um, like, you could still go out and do whatever. Um, the water was great. Like, the, just the rock pools and waterfalls and all that sort of stuff. So, Cairns is different, but. Was nice. So yeah, yeah so obviously, uh, so one of your games getting in back onto, I guess, Melbourne your story. So you played in that Marsden Premiership, and then uh, from there you got drafted not, into the Northern uh, Knights squad. Later. What was that pre? So, I guess pre-season uh, like for you you're, you're going from sort of playing more well, local footy and school footy into TAC Cup. Well, Pap's actually kicked me the ball, and he's one of my best mates up there. So as I was lined up, he just said, "Give me a bit." Um, I thought I had to kick it. I wasn't too far out and directly in front. So I just had my mind to the job and had to give give the boys something. Man, that's a team that you actually made your debut against Melbourne. So it would have been nice to get the win this time. And as well as the fact that you got the Rising Star nomination, mate. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it didn't be a different result to the the first game. But um, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully we just keep the ball rolling going into the next year and get a few more. Yeah, except I was actually a bit filthy, mate, because I had you on my super coach team for like the whole year and obviously you didn't play for a couple weeks and then I'm like, oh, look, I can't can't keep you on my bench, mate. So I had to trade you out and then my opponent buddy had you. You scored 120 super coach points and you cost me the win, mate. Don't know why you was just cl- – I could have been your still little loophole, but <laughs> yeah, you've, you've lost faith in me. I remember that one. <laughs> that, that Facebook request might need to pen there for a bit longer. Oh. <laughs> that, that game, you, you mentioned briefly the uh, rising star there. Is that something that means anything at all or is it just like something, oh, yeah, that's good, maybe you do one or two interviews on the radio or, yeah, what's it like getting that? Getting a couple of Instagram followers. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good um, Good to get some recognition for, for some footy. But, um, yeah, obviously um, – just all about all about the team and trying to get it, trying to get that done. So, just yeah, playing my role for the team to get a couple of wins. Oh, give us a bit more, mate. You just love kicking a goal and that buddy that pass in the forward one. That, that was an elite pass. Tell us about that one. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking <laughs> well, about. Was, oh yeah, well, my celebrations are key. That's what I was speaking <laughs> earlier. But um, yeah, I had a bit of get a bit of stick from a high ball drop. So um, it's good to hit a few targets for once. Oh, I was just going to say, let's. Um, oh, I just want to head back to round one. Like, how weird was that lead up to the start of the season? You know, you didn't know if you'd be playing or not. Like, there's talking no crowds, mate. Like, was it sort of like a bit weird not knowing if you'd actually be playing on the weekend? Because it was only decided a couple of days before. Yeah, it was. It was pretty weird. But um, 
we kept training. We ended up training in small groups, but um, yeah, we we all just, we just practiced like we we're going to play and ended up ended up playing. And then and then two days later, we got told that we're going home. So um, it was a bit of a roller coaster, but yeah, we just um, basically just got it done. Yeah, um, just on that kind of similar theme, uh, another Facebook question, actually, this one's from Rebecca Hamilton. Uh, due to COVID, there were games this year where you played to near-empty stadiums, obviously. So what was that uh, experience like, and how do you think you will adapt to playing games in front of big crowds again? Um, well, I, I, I only played the one game in front of a crowd, so for me, it basically was was normal for me. But um, I think I think the main... Well, for me, I th- what I thought was the main difference was just like um, if you if you're down and you start a little comeback and then the crowd gets up and about for momentum sort of thing. I th- thought that was it, but you, bl- you block it out really. You don't hear much. We had little crowds start coming back towards the end, but did it um, feel like an AFL game still? Because I reckon like going like the crowd would make such a big part of it. Like it'd be so weird. Like obviously, playing your junior footy and stuff, you're used to not playing in front of too many people but it must have been still real weird that's like alright here I'm playing at the highest level but there's going to be no cheers there's going to be nobody there it must have been just so weird and then obviously the crowd missed out on the Isaac Heaney show in round one where he kicked five Hello. goals <laughs> yeah it, it was a bit different but um, yeah you still you still practice the same, um, train, the same, train the same way prepare the same way so um, yeah you just got to try and switch your mind on to thinking it's it's a real deal but we play, the game we played against Port over there. There was um, we had a crowd, so that was that was great fun actually. Getting to see the way they do it. Yeah. Now I've just got one more question on the hub life. We've asked our last couple guests this, so tell us about the food uh, in your hotel or your <laughs> resort or wherever you were staying. What was the culinary cuisine like out in the hub? Well, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually a pretty big eater for the size I am. So um, every time they just I'm but a plate of there. I just ate the chicken and the rice, and <laughs> that was about it. But yeah, our food was great. They um, they were good. They handled it pretty well. So yeah, per- Harry Perryman did say the food in Perth was unreal. So obviously you were up there. He, he was a big fan of the food up there. <laughs> yeah, the food the food in Perth was probably the best best we had. So. It was- there you go, there you go. But like in the hub life, so we spoke to our guest last week, like he spoke about how they did a, a few pranks on players, like they caught an eel and put, in, put it in somebody's bathtub. Did any of that happen in your hub? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not like that. We didn't do any any set tricks like that. Ours was just a um, bunch of games and just fun and games for the boys, basically. Did you get a room to yourself in the hub or did you yeah. share with someone? Yeah, room to yourself. Don't spend much time in the room except for when you when you're sleeping. No, well, I didn't anyways. But um, we had we had I had room with two beds, so my 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 room is the host room. So they've got the boys in there. This is something I want to talk about. So in that first lockdown period, mate, you became a bit of a streamer on the AFL Gamers Network. Tell us a little bit about that. As I, I I love to game myself, so I'm very interested in this. Yes, yeah, so I um I became one of, became one of the streamers and. Ended up getting my camera down, so left left my PS4 up in up in Sydney actually. So haven't been able to get on. Need to get back into it, but might be a bit rusty on the way back. So it was just good to get um, just just play without. Well, I play anyway, so just playing with the camera on just <laughs> give the fans something they. Yeah, how was that though? Like, was it sort of cool? Because like, obviously, mate, streamers are making millions and millions of dollars. Is it something that, something that you want to do more of? No, well, I'm not too good at it, so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Dude, you talk yourself up in the things. Hey, how could you? <laughs> Don't act. Come on, Jack. Well, you write yourself uh, on the sticks. Um, I'm not. I'm good. I'm two K is my game, but um, I, I stream COD most of the time because that's what all the boys play, and I'm probably one of the worst COD players at the club. Just get carried. So, um, can't see myself going very far there. What about Fortnite, mate? Fortnite, I thought I wasn't too bad at actually, but the the, the boys think different. But I, I think I'm not too bad. That's stiff, mate. Yeah, mate, like speaking about NBA 2K, it looks like you've got a basketball jersey on there. Who, who's that team? Yeah, I've got the um, Vancouver. The Vancouver, me and my mate went to um, went to Caps the other day and got, got a few throwback jerseys, so it was good. Got the pipes out as well, which we love, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in existence. <laughs> yeah, is it just like basketball and footy you're into? Are you a big fan of any other sports? 
Uh, yeah, I love the I love the NFL as well. Oh, yeah. um, I like cricket. Um, love getting I, run out in cricket. Play I that, play that growing up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the last game I played, I couldn't run. <laughs> uh, they just find the boundary more often. Uh, we'll, we'll ask another listener question, I reckon, actually. So um, this is from – it's from Steph Knox, and uh, she says, well done, first most, with a bit of a clapping emoji there. So, And she asks, what drives your passion towards football in general? A deep question there, Steph. Thank you. Um, probably just uh, – uh, well, probably just playing with the boys and doing, doing what you love for starters, but then um, play for – you see how much it gives, how much joy it gives your family and all that. So, um, they're the main reason you you keep going. Body oath, mate. I love that. So, I guess heading into season twenty twenty one, mate. What are your goals? What are you looking forward to do to have a big year for the Swans, mate? Um, goals is getting back in the park, um, getting fit and ready to go for another year, and hopefully. Um, I'm sure Chris has been doing your running program with you. He'd be very keen to do that. <laughs> he actually thinks he's a better runner than I am. So um, he reckons he's got me covered. But every time, every, every time I ask him to try and show me up, he, he shies away and doesn't join me. So um, I, did, I did one session with him, I reckon, last year and he wasn't too bad. So I'm not sure if it's all natural for him or he actually does a bit. But um, yeah, we'll just hopefully get back, get back into it and... Um, return to the eight, hopefully. So, yeah, what do you so get back to the eight? So, you're really excited for the season 2021. Um, what what position will you be playing, mate? Will you still be on the wing? Are you looking to sort of expand your game a bit, maybe a bit more forward, a bit of half back? Yeah, um, yeah, probably probably all that. Um, bit mainly on the wing, but then try and get some other, add some strings to my bow and try some other positions. See how, see how we go, maybe. Maybe if I'm kicked out of the wing, maybe just need to try something new. So we'll have to sit, wait and see, see what happens. Do you, do you reckon there's like a little hidden gem in the Swans team? Because us Victorians probably keep less of an eye on the Swans uh, compared to people in Sydney. Do you reckon there's a bit of a player that we should be looking out for next year or the years ahead? He'll probably say himself. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, well, I like he's, – he's not really um, – He's not really too well. Everyone, everyone knows him, but I like the Liz. I reckon he's a he's an X factor for the team. Get get, get the best kick in the AFL and um, slithers around. So I reckon I reckon he's the he's the one to watch. Nick Blakey, yeah, yeah, fair mate. He, he's a very very talented player. But I guess I'd love to know because obviously you were a little bit of a draft like you're a draft bolter. You know, you really came into it in your draft year. Do you sort of feel bad for a lot of the kids this year and the fact that Dan and Victoria, they didn't get the chances that like you got or a lot of people got in that? Because you developed so much in your 18th year that there's going to be a lot of good players that probably miss out on being drafted. Yeah, for sure. I definitely do. Um, well, yeah, I, if, if, it wasn't for, if I was in this case this year, I probably wouldn't get drafted either. So um, my, my, I didn't pop up until my 18th year. So, yeah, definitely feel, feel sorry for a lot of them. Um, Hopefully they maybe get a chance next year to to do something instead. Maybe maybe they get get a nineteen year old or maybe something happens with the rules of the league. So yeah, what are your know. thoughts on that? Because there's been a bit of talk about raising the draft age to nineteen. Do you think that would be a good thing or nah? Um, oh, I reckon, I reckon it's pretty good how it is, but I reckon maybe maybe just for next year, maybe have a maybe have something different. So they can get drafted because obviously this year is just throwing a spanner in the works for a lot of them. But Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you reckon in that uh, final year where you kind of really had a rapid surge uh, in your skills and just the level of uh, footy you were playing at, uh, do you reckon you had like a particular change to your mentality that you've kind of brought over to your AFL career and continued since? Maybe some tips for uh, draftees, aspiring draftees? Um, well, in my agency, it was more just um, maybe just letting myself know that I was that I was good enough. Really, um, you get selected for a reason, and um, they see something in you, so you just got to believe in yourself as well. And then probably correlates with with the AFL as well. Once you once you get there, they've picked you for a reason, so just go out and try and get it done. 
Yeah, mate. And also, I think it's that time, mate. We just want to set the record straight. So, obviously, on Dylan Friend's recent podcast with uh, Tom Papley, Tom Papley stitched you up a little bit and he reckons that you just couldn't last on the footy trip. Do you want to set the record straight there? You came home early because of that. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, yeah, there's only so much time you can spend around, Tom, and um, there's there's only so many BOGs you can get in what, on nights out. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, got him, got him covered. You reckon? <laughs> oh, no, he's he's not too bad, but um, we'll wait and see. Mate, like, we'll have to run it back. Little, uh, Channel Seven little snippet thing on YouTube, like this minute long thing, and you accused Tom of being uh, the biggest Justin Bieber fan at the club, and about five people accused you of being the biggest Bieber fan at the club. So you want to set the record straight there into your Justin Bieber? <laughs> I, I don't I don't mind being so again I'm not too sure what you're talking about but <laughs> but I don't mind Beebs he's not bad like his like his song Holy that's, that's mate bad. we're gonna send you that many links after this body episode of things just to remind you <laughs> you're gonna have to because I'm not I'm not sure if memory's lost or what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll have uh, one more listener question here. This one's from uh, JJ. It's putting you on the spot a bit here, but uh, he says, or it could be a she, he or she says, you're going to be a Norm Smith medalist within five years. Give us a glimpse of your acceptance speech. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, hopefully, hopefully, we, um, hopefully it's true because usually um, Norm Smith medalists are from the winning team, so hopefully we get... We get there and get get another get another chip, but um, I'll just I'd like to thank you boys for putting me on the map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, That's your Instagram's about to blow up after this. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, mate, it's, it's gonna be surging up. Um, you reckon we should get into the quiz, boys? Yeah, I reckon. This is it. This is what Justin's keen on. Keen on. This is what he came on for. This is what Justin came on for. Justin, have you heard about the quiz? I've never heard of it. Uh, well, uh, I think we can say that for most things you've never heard of it, but uh, <laughs> our, last, <laughs> our last segment on the show, uh, we like to have a bit of a quiz between Lockie and our guests. So I've got five questions uh, for both of you, and they're all vaguely related to your career. And, uh, yeah, your name's your buzzer, so just go with Justin or Lockie, and should we get started with question one? Let's go. No worries. Okay, so uh, Justin, what's your birthday, just for the listeners? The 18th of the 8th, 2000. Okay, so uh, uh, the question is, which emperor was named Top Tens.net's history's fifth greatest ruler and died on August 18, 1227, before being to returned to Mongolia? Next. Funny yeah. Alma. Mate, he's pretty famous. He's pretty famous. If you know, if you know anything about history, you could have a crack. I reckon. Just name a Mongolian that you know. I don't know that's any Mongolian. Really I know what... Mongolian chicken, the, the dish. <laughs> that's about as far as my Mongolian knowledge goes, mate. Uh, yeah. I've got no idea. I'll leave this for Justin. He's a, he's the history buff. <laughs> don't mind my history, but got no idea again. Uh, you might have heard of him, Genghis Khan. Oh. Have you heard of Genghis Khan? I've heard of the song Genghis Khan, yes. <laughs> the song Genghis Khan. I haven't heard of that one. How's that go? Want to sing it for us? Nah, you're going to have to search it out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Might be after having to send us a link, mate. But um, question two. So, obviously, uh, you're a Marcelin boy. Uh, Michael O'Brien is one of Marcelin College's most notable alumni. Who is Michael O'Brien? A Marcelin, former Marcelin student. Can tell me what he's famous for? <laughs> no. Uh, he's a famous taxi driver. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Justin, do you want to have a crack? I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's related to state politics. Politician. Who was the Premier of Victoria? Premier of Victoria is incorrect. Uh, Prime Minister. Prime Minister is also incorrect. He's the Victorian opposition leader. <laughs> Goes to show how much we know about our politics. Yeah, jeez. Um, anyway, uh, this is a bit of a farce so far, but we'll go to question three. So, uh, of course, Justin, you were drafted at pick number 44. Actually, just before uh, I ask the question, how good are you two at your geography? No. 
Okay, well, I think you'll be, be able to get this a few of these right. So, according to the United Nations, there are 44 countries in Europe. And um, we're going to switch between you two. So, just naming one at one each. Uh, name as many as you can and until you can't name them anymore. So, do either of you want to start? France. Oh, France, yep. Spain. Spain, Germ- yep. Germany. That's yep. what I was going to go with. I'll go Belgium. Yep. I was gonna, I was going to roll with that. Um, Ireland. Yep. That's that's your homeland, isn't it? Yes, Dad's homeland. Yeah, same. So I can get an Irish passport too. There you go. Mate. <laughs> we could be long distance cousins. Um, I'll go Croatia. Yep. Scotland. Oh, Scotland is incorrect. <laughs> uh, so, Lockie, That's if, close. You get, if you get this right, Lockie, you've won the point. Now, the first point of the quiz. Slovenia. Slovenia is correct. Scotland is part of the UK, I'm afraid, Justin. Oh, it's unlucky. I, I haven't close. been ta- pay- taking, um, paying attention, sorry, to Brexit, mate. To what? Brexit. What's that? It's the um, splitting of like, so because Britain was part of the um, the EU and then they signed this thing to um, leave. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is some good content here. We're, we're, I think I can hear all the listeners tuning in. What out do your right parents there. teach? Because uh, your parents are both your parents are both school teachers, aren't they? What do they teach? Mm, no, nah, they don't teach anymore. They're um, principal and deputy principal. Oh, there you go. Oh, lovely. Um, okay, we'll move to question number four. So you're number twenty-seven, of course, for the Swans. Uh, Special number so, that one, isn't it? <laughs> Very. So uh, the twenty-seven club is a list consider, uh, consisting mostly of popular musicians, artists, or actors who died at 27. Name just one member of this club. River Phoenix. Tupac. Uh, I think they're both incorrect. So that, that, uh, neither of you get the point there, but there uh, some famous answers might be Jimi Hendrix, uh, Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, if you've heard of any of them. Uh, yeah. Massive yeah. fan of Kurt. Do you know who Kurt Cobain is, Justin? I do. In excess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nirvana. Uh, yeah, Nirvana, mate. But anyway, oh, move, on to, move on to question five. So, uh, is it still one new Lockie? Yeah. Uh, I think this is one of the uh, – it's either the hardest quiz we've ever had or the some of the worst answer we've ever had. But we'll move to question five. But, Justin, you're still in it because it's a who am I question. Okay. And I'm going to go down from five points all the way down to one point with a series of clues. And once you buzz in, uh, you can't buzz in again until the other person gets it wrong. Okay. So I'll start with the five-point clue. Uh, so I was born on the 14th of May, 1969, in Ivanhoe, Victoria, which is around the same area you grew up, I believe. Okay. The Prince of Viebank, Justin, is. Yeah, I'll move, <laughs> I'll move on to the four-point clue. After graduating from the National Institute of Dramatic Art... I took on stage roles in Electra in 1992 and Hamlet in 1994. Keep going, champ. Keep going. Three-point clue. Okay. I've won two Academy Awards, one in 2005 and one in 2014. What in? No comment. I can't reveal that. I reckon they'll give it away. For the the two-point clue. So, Justin, you've got to get it here to win. I'm one of only four actresses to win the Academy Award for Best Actress after winning Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Lockie. Lockie. I'll go Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep is incorrect. I don't think Meryl Streep grew up in Ivanhoe, mate. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Justin, do you have a crack at an Australian actress? Oh, no. I don't know who it is. Okay. I'll move on to the one-point clue. Justin could draw it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, the one-point clue. I shot to international prominence for portraying Elizabeth I in the drama film Elizabeth in 1998 and have since become one of the most acclaimed actresses of my generation, seeing my net worth rise to about 125 million Aussie dollars. Never seen Elizabeth. (laughs) Just a famous Australian actress. Do you know any Australian actresses, either of you? Oh, I know. I think I know who it is. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll just open it up to both of you. Lockie, do you want to have a crack? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett is absolutely correct. Well done, Lockie. Too good, mate. Too good. Studied, studied hard. Studied hard, mate. That's the key to success, mate. Yeah. Exactly. Put your head down. Yeah, lovely. Um, exactly. Lockie's taking out that one. But uh, I think we better wrap it up there. So, Justin, thanks so much for coming on, mate. 
No worries. Thanks for having me. Been an absolute pleasure, mate. Chat soon. It Cheers. Has. Wow, how good was that? Justin McInerney was a great guy to speak to, and he's a great up-and-coming player, of course, as well. Uh, yeah, just a real fun time, hey? Yeah, cheers, Justin. Always love having a chat with you, and it was just awesome to talk about your draft story and your career so far. So cheers, mate. Yeah, yeah, but I reckon it's time uh, we plug the socials. Lockie, uh, do you want to rip into the socials? Yep, so you can find us on Facebook at Where Do We Begin, and you can find us on Instagram and, and Twitter at WDWBPod. That's WDWBPod, and I hope you're already following and subscribing. And also, I'd just like to quickly thank all our fans for putting together some fan questions. They were awesome, and we asked a lot of them this episode because there was plenty to get through. Yeah, yeah, we were overwhelmed. We didn't even ask all of them uh, this episode. So you were absolutely overwhelmed by the fan questions. And, of course, uh, Lockie didn't mention it before, but uh, if you do like the show, please recommend us to your mates, uh, whether that's uh, via like a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, or uh, just word of mouth because we absolutely love that. But... Lockie, uh, we're starting a bit of a new project. Uh, for the, We're planning to do this for the next few weeks or maybe even longer, next few months, next few years. Uh, we're trying to collaborate with some local musicians from all around Australia because obviously uh, musos have had a bit of a tough time in lockdown and we just like to help uh, local up-and-coming artists. So we're going to be playing uh, some artist songs at the end of each episode. Uh, do you want to tell us about Jeremy Ng we've got on today? Do you want to tell us a bit about his story? Yep. So the song is titled You've Got Me and Jeremy's got an awesome story. So after four years, he um, had undergone heart, heart surgery and it really made him consider what his priorities were in life. So he's still working as an accountant, but he decided to really put his passion um, into music. You can find him on YouTube at Music by Jeremy and I really recommend checking it out. He's got some awesome stuff and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're, Jeremy's going to talk a bit about the song and himself. Uh, we're going to throw to him. But just before, thank you very much for listening, guys. We'll see you next Monday with another huge episode. See you, guys. Love ya. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Thanks so much for listening to my song. I'm a Perth-based musician who's just starting out making music. The song's a love song that's about the best moments in my life. Those moments that seem to just go by so quickly, but... You hang on to, and they stay with you. I hope that when you're listening to my song, you feel that same warmth and positivity that I felt. And if you're going through a tough time, I hope you hang in there. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Is all I need, and in this moment I'm complaining. 
Nothing feels out of place I wish it could stay Forever this way Our secret embrace Is all I can You've got an old time we spent looking for a love they sell. It was never worth the price to pay. And all the time we spent being nothing but ourselves, I wouldn't have it. You've got